السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We thank him upon all conditions We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam His entire household, all his companions We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them all And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every single one of us And to grant us goodness my brothers and sisters, the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, in the English language known as Moses, may peace be upon him, his story is repeated the most in the Quran. His story is repeated the most in the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeats it for a reason. Each time Musa alayhi salatu wasalam is mentioned, it is in order to highlight a different point. And there is something unique about this beautiful story. He was very patient when it comes to the Pharaoh, Fir'aun, and what exactly this man did to him. The Fir'aun, he used to call himself Allah. He used to say, Ana I am indeed your God. I am your Allah to the people. So he used to be asked to be worshipped. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made mention of his story from all the different angles. In Surah Yunus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the dua of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. We touched on it in the previous episode. And this dua happened to come after a lot of patience. Now what we need to know is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam has taught us and warned us. He has asked us to save ourselves from something. What is that thing? He says, Fear the supplication against you of the one whom you have wronged. For indeed, there is no barrier between that dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the term taqwa also means to save oneself. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking us to save ourselves from the dua that would be made against us by someone we have hurt or we have harmed or we have wronged. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So my brothers and sisters, if someone curses you and if that curse is deserved in the sense that you have wronged them, you have oppressed them, perhaps you might taste some of what they are asking Allah to deliver to you. But if you do not deserve it, because people sometimes just curse you without even knowing you. They look at you, they see you with a beard, and they swear big words and they curse you. That curse, the type of curse that is not deserved by the one who is being cursed, would actually rebound to the one who issued it in the first place. You know, the evil plot will only go back to the one who plotted it, to the one who planned it. Sometimes you have mothers or fathers. When the child does something wrong, that is the moment my mother, my father, to make a dua of goodness for your child, don't curse the child. Your child has broken something, your child has stolen something, astaghfirullah, may Allah protect our children. You just found out something really bad about your child. Instead of saying, may Allah destroy you, may Allah curse you, may Allah break you, may Allah finish you up, may Allah whatever else to you in terms of bad, rather say, my child, may Allah guide you. My child, may Allah soften you. May Allah bring you to the deen. Those are the moments where the malaika and the angels are saying, Ameen, to your dua. Save yourselves from the effect of an evil dua by making a good dua. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. Our children and our relatives and our friends and even our enemies. Sometimes what you find is 
a good dua for them would help, rather than that, we end up cursing. And this is why I always say, the Muslim ummah, we are struggling because each one of us prays against the other. I say, oh Allah, destroy him. And he says, oh Allah, destroy me. What happens? I am destroyed. He is destroyed. Everyone is being destroyed. Rather try the other way. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, taught us something beautiful. He used to make dua even for the enemies. You know, literally the superpower of the time was Abu Jahl. He was a powerful man. They feared him. And the Prophet ﷺ was harmed by that man. He had actually not only intended harm, but he went to execute it. Once at Safa, he had his bow and he had come to harm the Prophet ﷺ, or he had actually sworn him or said something against him. And Hamza radiallahu anhu came and he had his bow and arrow as well. And this is where he declared his Islam, Hamza radiallahu anhu. Do you know what the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ did? Did he say, Oh Allah, curse Abu Jahl, curse Umar, astaghfirullah, Umar radiallahu anhu was also before Islam an enemy of Islam. He says, Allahumma a'izzal Islam bi ahadil umarain. Oh Allah, grant strength to this beautiful deen by the acceptance of the deen by one of the two, either Amr ibn Hisham, who was known as Abu Jahl, or Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. No sooner did he say that, than this man comes along, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, declaring the shahada. So my brothers and sisters try to call out in terms of goodness. But remember, there is a limit beyond which people may not tolerate you. People may not tolerate you beyond the limit. You know, some people teach us the wrong thing. They say that the Prophet ﷺ used to forgive. So keep on forgiving up to the day you die. I normally say, well, he prepared armies and went to fight as well. Allahu Akbar. There is a limit up to which you can handle things. Beyond that, you don't. I'm sure you know the story of the three who were in the front of the masjid and the young man who was told, these are very pious, they won't even notice if you slap them. So he went up to the first one and he greeted him. That man was busy doing his dhikr and remembrance. He didn't even hear what happened. So he slapped him. The man didn't even notice. He carried on with his dhikr. So the young man says, wow, really pious, really pious. So he went to the next man. They told him this one is even more pious. So he greeted him. The man was so busy in his dhikr, he did not intentionally not reply, but he was busy doing something. So thereafter, he gave him a slap. The man quickly got up and said, How's your hand, brother? How's your hand? Did you get hurt? He says, Wow, this man is even more pious. He's worried about my hand. I slapped him. He's not worried about the redness on his face. My hand? He says, I wonder the third man must be the most pious of the lot. So he went up to the third man, greeted him. That man was busy in his worship. And he slapped him. The third man got up and gave him two slaps. Wow. He was shocked. The young boy holding his cheeks. He says, I thought you were the most pious of the lot. Son, son, someone needs to stop you. <laughs> you don't just go around slapping all those whom you think are pious. Allahu Akbar. The same applies to us. You cannot carry on in this way. You know, you can forgive someone or they can forgive you once, twice, three times, four times, ten times, so many times. But you cannot keep on doing that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness and understanding. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, after prolonged patience, he made a dua. He watched the Pharaoh and he watched the cronies of the Pharaoh. Not just the Pharaoh, but those around him. He says, and Musa alayhi salatu wasalam says this, and it is verse number 88 of... Surah Yunus, Allah says, رَبَّنَا طُمِسْ عَلَىٰ أَمْوَالِهِمْ وَاشْدُدْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ فَلَا يُؤْمِنُوا حَتَّى يَرَوُا الْعَذَابَ الْأَلِيمِ 
oh my Rabb. You see these people, the Pharaoh and his men, those around him, you have given them wealth. They are creating havoc with that wealth. They are using it to turn people away from the deen. Oh my Rabb, oh our Rabb, obliterate that wealth of theirs and tighten their hearts. For indeed, they will not learn their lesson until they are punished. They will never believe until they are severely punished. Imagine a messenger of Allah making such a powerful dua. A messenger of Allah. It means they harassed him so much. And I remember making mention of the hadith. Man li faqad bil whoever, whoever harms a friend of mine, Allah is saying, I declare war against that person. Be careful, my brothers and sisters. Don't harm people. You never know who is close to Allah. If they raise their hands, it spells doom for you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, verse number 89 to Musa alayhi salatu wa salam, قَالَ قَدْ أُجِيبَتْ دَعْوَتُكُمَا فَاسْتَقِيمَا وَلَا تَتَّبِعَانِّ سَبِيلَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ O Musa, O Harun, the two of you, we have answered your dua. We have answered it. So now we want you to be steadfast. Stop for a while. A lot of us make dua. And if the answer of that dua does not come the same day, the next day, within one week, we lose hope. We say, Oh Allah, I'm calling out to you. I started reading my salah. And you know what? I still don't have a response. Allahu Akbar. Allah says, we heard your dua. We have answered the dua. We will give it to you as per our wish. When we know it's better for you, if we know it's better for you, and if we know that really that would be the best thing for you. If not, we will answer it in a different way. Perhaps we will remove calamity from your path due to the dua you've made. Perhaps we will grant you something later on in return of that which you have asked for when we knew that the other thing we were giving you was actually better for you. Allahu Akbar. So Allah is telling Musa and Harun, although they saw Fir'aun drowning years later, according to the majority of the narrations, the dua was made, but he only drowned years later. Yet Allah told him, your dua is answered. In the interim, what should you do? Fastaqima, Be steadfast, both of you. You call out to Allah, don't lose hope. Be steadfast. Hold fast to the rope or upon the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you want Allah to do something for you as a favor, you need to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Haven't you heard the hadith where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in hadith Qudsi that whoever comes close to me a handspan, I come close to him a whole foot and whoever comes close to me walking, I come close to him rushing. That's Allah. So we need to be close to Allah. Save yourselves from your duas being turned down by being a person who's close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And do not lose hope because remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has heard you. If he told Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, we have responded your dua, now be patient. Wait, when the time is right, then this man, we will deal with him. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding of this beautiful faith. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then makes mention of the Pharaoh some few years later when he started following Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and the people that were with Moses may peace be upon him. So the Pharaoh followed them up to the sea and then when the people were telling Musa alayhi salatu wasalam that you know what, what are we going to do now? The sea is in front of us, the Pharaoh is behind us. Musa alayhi salatu wasalam says, Kalla inna ma'iya rabbi sayahdeen. Nay, with me is my Rabb. He will guide me. Allah has already told me that He will answer or He has answered my dua. 
for the destruction of the Pharaoh. There is no chance that I can lose hope. But look at the situation on the ground. Anyone would lose hope unless they had solid faith. Imagine you see the ocean or the sea in front of you. The enemy is behind you. You are sandwiched. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. I'm sorry to be talking about sandwiches in Ramadan. But my brothers and sisters, what we do need to understand in reality is when Allah instructed Musa alayhi salatu wasalam to hit the water with his stick, it created a highway. Twelve channels. And they went in. And later on, they came out on the other side. But the Pharaoh, he told his people, you see, according to my instruction, this thing opened. Let's go. So he started going. Look at the arrogance. When he started going and the water, when they were close on to the center, the water started closing in on them. He then realized, you know what? I'm losing the battle here. Up to that moment, he knew he was not God. He knew he was also a human being who also had the normal sicknesses and sufferings of human beings. But he used to call himself a God only because two things, money and power. Allahu Akbar. Money and power. Those two are the biggest blessing of Allah, but the biggest test of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. They can make you or break you. When you have something that Allah has bestowed upon you, become humble, become a person who is totally filled with humility. That is a sign of acceptance that Allah has given you a favor and you have appreciated it. The minute you feel I'm haughty, and you know, I'm a chip above. There will always be someone in greater authority than you. And there will always be someone who has more wealth than you. Remember that. No matter how much you have. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our shortcomings. Some of us, we see the first thousand rands and we think we own the whole of Bosmond. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a lesson. At that juncture, the punishment was coming in. And Allah says, verse number 90. Up to the point where he was now drowning. Then he made his statement. Finally, when he saw the angels of death, now he is making a statement. What's the statement? I believe that there is none worthy of worship besides the God of Banu Israel. And I am from among the submitters. Why did he have to say that? Why didn't he just say, I believe that there is none worthy of worship besides Allah? Because he used to call himself Allah. So if someone heard him say that, they might think, well, he's trying to tell everyone he's the only God. At this juncture, he had to admit, not me. The God that they are worshipping is indeed the true God. Subhanallah. But Allah says, now, now when it is too late, listen to the beautiful verse of the Quran, number 91 of Surah Yunus. Absolutely beautifully worded. Where Allah says, is it now that you want to turn? And in the past you have been sinful and you were from among the corrupt, the sinners. Allah says it's too late. Now, too late. So my brothers and sisters, 
What do we learn from this? Let us all save ourselves by repenting to Allah before we see the angels of death. Inna Allah ta'ala yaqbilu tawbat al-abdi ma lam yugharghir. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says Allah accepts the tawbah or the repentance of a worshipper for as long as they have not got to the point of gharghara close to their death. Gharghara means when the soul is now coming out of the body and it has got to the point where, you know, at the throat it actually moves. It's a point known as gharghara. Certain point, that point beyond that, sorry. You cannot say I'm sorry because now you have seen the reality. Once you see the angels, it's too late. So my brothers and sisters, turn to Allah. Turn to Allah before it is too late. There are a few days left for this month of Ramadan. But guess what? We may not see the end of this month. How many of us? We know people who've died now in this month of Ramadan. So many have gone as though the angel of death was just waiting for the moon to be sighted. And then he started picking, picking, literally picking. You know, he could be picking from amongst us tonight. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Jannatul Firdaus. You know, what is the reality? You are ready to die when Allah is pleased with you. As for the age and your children and your marriage and everything else, it can wait. If Allah is happy with you and he takes you away in that condition, you have succeeded. Forget about what you are leaving behind. But even if you've lived a hundred years and Allah is not happy with you or displeased with you, what have you done? You've lost. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to save ourselves. Ameen. Then Surah Hud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of another messenger who was extremely patient. The Prophet Noah or Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, may peace be upon him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of how he told his people, look, I'm not asking you for any money. I'm not asking you for a recompense. Allah will reward me. I want to instruct you to remove yourselves from the punishment of Allah, from worshipping that which is besides Allah and come to the straight path. I'm not asking of you anything material. I'm just letting you know they persecuted him as a result. They told him things. They made his life difficult. He kept on calling the people towards this beautiful message. He didn't lose hope. But there came a stage when he too, after 950 years with his people, he then made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, Allahu Akbar. He says, Oh Allah, these people who have disbelieved, don't even leave a single one of them on earth. Allahu Akbar. Because 950 years he's been calling, how many people accepted the message? According to the smallest number of in the narrations, 11. And the highest takes it to 80. Somewhere between 11 and 80 people. Let's take the lower figure, 11. Imagine a Nabi of Allah, a Prophet of Allah, not one year, two years, five years, 950 years and every century, approximately two people accept, one person accepts. Every century, Allahu Akbar. Imagine after 950 years, he's then saying, Oh Allah, these people, they are good for nothing. Allahu Akbar. I've tried them, I've seen them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then decided to destroy all of them with a flood. The flood that is mentioned in the Old Testament, the flood that is mentioned in the Quran, the flood that we all know about. It's the flood at the time of the Prophet Noah or Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. Something strange happened. They laughed at him when he told them what was happening. Allah says in verse number 38 of Surah Hud, he was making or building the ark. That ark was being built not near the water, 
in the middle of the city. Allahu Akbar. You know, normally when you want to make a huge ship, it would be wise to make it near the water so you can quickly slide it in. Allahu Akbar. But he did not do that. He made it in the middle of the city because Allah instructed him. They said, you're a madman. You used to be a prophet calling people towards goodness. Suddenly, you've become a carpenter. And they started laughing. You know what he was told to say? If you are laughing at me today, a day will come when we will laugh at you. Subhanallah, brothers and sisters, don't laugh at the pious. You see someone trying to please Allah, it should motivate you. Don't laugh at those who are trying to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A day will come when people will be created to laugh at you, to make a mockery of you. We don't want that to happen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And then something interesting. The child of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, his son, did not accept the message. He didn't listen to his father. Now, we all would love to have children if we don't. And those who have children would love for those children to be obedient to them as parents. Sometimes ourselves, we are not obedient to Allah. How do you expect your children to obey you when you do not obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If you want your children to obey you, you need to obey Allah and you need to obey the instruction of Allah. People say, you know, I'm upset with this daughter of mine. She wants to marry someone. I don't, I will never agree. Well, the reality is you are not obeying the instruction of Allah regarding what type of selection you should be making when getting her married. That's why there is distress in your home. It's not because Allah is punishing you out of nothing. Allah is creating that distress because you asked for it by not accepting his instruction. There goes. This is just one example that came to my mind right now. Like that, there are so many examples. We want to smoke and we want our children not to smoke. So you have a cigarette in one hand and you're saying, son, don't smoke. He says, but dad, what's going on? You're smoking. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. The same applies to clothing. The same applies to clubbing. The same applies to so many other bad habits, including drugs and whatnot. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. But... Sometimes we have an ideal father like the Prophet Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. He was ideal, beautiful, lovely man. We cannot say he failed in bringing up his child. But Allah is showing you that sometimes it's beyond your control. It's beyond your limits. I mean, beyond the control that Allah has invested in you regarding that particular child. Look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Verse number 42 of Surah Hud. وَنَادَى نُوحٌ ابْنَهُ وَكَانَ فِي مَعْزِلٍ يَا بُنَيَّ ارْكَمْ مَعَنَا وَلَا تَكُمْ مَعَ الْكَافِرِينَ Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam called out to his son when his son was alone away and he says, Oh my son, come and ride with us and don't be with the disbelievers. Come and ride with us. The son of Nuh, Noah, may peace be upon him, is being told by his father, Come! And the son says, no, no, I won't. The next verse Allah says, Oh my father, I am going to climb the mountain. It's going to save me from the water. Because it already started raining. The water started coming when this speech happened. And he says, no, I am going to climb on the mountain. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, a wave came between the two and he drowned. Allahu Akbar. Who drowned? The child. Now, what we have to learn from this is my brothers and sisters, sometimes you have a pious person. 
If their children happen to be on the other side of the coin or they are not that pious or they are astray for some reason, do not hold that man or that woman as parents wholly and solely responsible. Yes, if they are to blame, then we would perhaps try and learn a lesson from it. But there are cases like this one where the father is not to blame. Subhanallah, he is not to blame. He was a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he did his best. But Allah is showing us guidance is in the hands of Allah. Most of the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of their family members very close to them rejected the message. Subhanallah. The Prophet ﷺ, his uncle Abu Talib did not accept. When it comes to, for example, the Prophet Ibrahim ﷺ, his father didn't accept and so on. So these are lessons for us, brothers and sisters. Let's save ourselves by implementing the rules and regulations that Allah has given us as a gift. You know, the salah that we fulfill is actually a gift of Allah. It's wallahi a gift. If you take a look at the actions of salah, they are so beautiful that they have positive effects even from a medical perspective. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of these stories. And he speaks about some of the prophets. And towards the end of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Tilka min anba'il ghaybi nuhiha ilayk. In fact, it is verse number 49, surah Hud. Allah is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, these are the stories from the unseen that we are revealing to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are telling them to you. What are we telling them to you for? Allah says, مَا كُنْتَ تَعْلَمُهَا أَنْتَ وَلَا قَوْمُكَ مِنْ قَبْلِ هَذَا Neither you nor your people knew these stories before we revealed them to you. Because obviously the pagans of Mecca and the Mushrikeen, they didn't have a messenger prior to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were not Jews nor Christians. They were from among the idol worshippers. They didn't know all of this. So Allah says, we are telling you these stories. We have revealed them to you. Unseen meaning we are the ones who informed you. You didn't see them. You didn't know about them. And the people didn't know about them. We gave it to you. We told you. And Allah says, do you know why? Because at the end of that verse, Allah says, فَاصْبِرْ إِنَّ الْعَاقِبَةَ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ So bear patience. Indeed, the end belongs to those or victory belongs to those who are pious. So the whole lesson from all of these stories is bear patience. If Nuh alayhi salatu was was persecuted 950 years, look at the end. The Prophet Musa alayhi salatu was persecuted for so many years, look at the end. Allah is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, all of this we are telling you to strengthen you. Just be patient. You know victory will come to those who are close to Allah. Brothers and sisters, the lesson is for all of us. In our lives, we face challenges, we face issues. Don't worry, be patient. The Prophet says, you should know that victory will only come with patience. If you lose patience, you've lost victory. For as long as you are enduring, victory is coming in your direction. By the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made mention of this in a beautiful way. لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ عِبَرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ 
that's at the end of Surah Yusuf. Indeed, in the stories of the previous messengers are lessons for those who have intellect. In fact, in verse number 120 of Surah Hud, Allah says, And each time we reveal a story from the previous nations, it is in order to strengthen your heart. It is in order to give you that strength, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why these stories are mentioned. They are not mere tales. Take a look at another very interesting point and I will end on this inshallah. You know, some people don't have children. They are married for a while, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. May Allah bless you with children. It is your ticket to paradise that you become happy with the decree of Allah for you. Some only have girls. That's your ticket to Jannah if you are happy. Some only have boys. That's your ticket to Jannah if you are happy. But remember, keep on making dua. Never lose hope no matter how old you are because that dua will keep your heart soft. It will keep it close to Allah. When Allah doesn't give you, it's actually a gift for you as well in a different way altogether. And one day, Allah can give you. Look what he did to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And the examples are plenty in the Quran. We're talking here, verse number 73 of Surah Hud, where the angels came. They were sent in order to punish the, the people of Lut, Sodom and Gomorrah. And as they had passed through Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, they gave him good news of a son, Ishaq. This was another son. This was Ishaq. So his wife laughed. She laughed because she was old and he was old as well. And she said, This is something very, very surprising. Subhanallah, it's ajib. I am old and he is old, my husband. And at this age, we're going to be having a child. So the angel said, and this is a lesson for all of us. أَتَعْجَبِينَ مِنْ أَمْرِ اللَّهِ رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ وَبَرَكَاتُهُ عَلَيْكُمْ أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ Are you surprised at the instruction of Allah and His mercy and His blessings upon you, O members of the family? Subhanallah. Never ever be surprised. Surprised meaning, you know, people are shocked, amazed. I'm talking of amazed in a way that they can't believe it. You know, you say, I'm pregnant, I can't believe it. That's basically what we're talking about. I can't believe it. So Allah says, remember, it's a gift of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all gifts in our lives. Whatever problems you are going through, my brothers and sisters, Allah knows. May Allah grant you relief in whatever issues you may be going through, whether it is a health matter, whether it is a financial matter, social matter, whatever it is, may Allah bless you all.